Hi, I'm Orla McNeilis. And I'm a sober Ricardo Deacon. Because <laughs> it's a weekday. Yeah. <laughs> this is a recommendation game, a film with a week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is The Man Without a Past from 2002. Directed by Aki Kurismaki, produced by Aki Kurismaki, written by Aki Kurismaki, music by Levi Maditoha, cinematography by Timo Salminen, edited by Timo Linasalo, starring Marku Peltola and Kati Utenen. Oh, you did the go- okay. <laughs> Listeners, there are three more actors' names, but I'm Gonna give them respect and not butcher them. Johanny Niamala, Kaja Pakarinen, and Sakari Kuznamanen. Fucking show up. So, so the synopsis is After a brutal beating in a Helsinki park, a middle aged welder falls into a coma. When he wakes up, he cannot recollect a single detail about his life. Unable to provide information to the authorities, the man has no legal way to regain his life. He finds a community of homeless people and creates a home out of a metal container. He eventually meets Irma, a Salvation Army worker, and they fall in love while he rebuilds a life with new friends and a new job. Aww. Good old M. So this week's film was pricked by Ricardo. It was indeed. Yes. And why? Well, because I love it. Uh, I absolutely love Akira Kurismaki, and it is kind of topical because he has a new film out at the moment, mm. which I haven't seen yet. Uh, with, I don't know if it's out here yet, is it? I think it was out, yeah. My brother reviewed it for Totally Dublin. Uh, Friend of the pod, weeks. Philippe Deacon. Uh, it, it, that film also st- stars the guy that plays the security guard and Tila in this movie. He works with a lot of the same cast yeah, yeah yeah like yeah because there's uh, some actors in this that i recognize school as well. of uh, uh whatchamacallit like a uh repertoire <laughs> kind of thing yeah the the players charismaki players <laughs> and um i know that you've seen leningrad cowboys because i showed it in college to the disdain <laughs> of a million people <laughs> well it was it was basically it was kind of like lightly suggested that um someone would or no was it that we were going to watch a film for the film society and it didn't work or something and you had the dvd or something was that it can't remember but i forced it on or, people yeah either way it was a completely random thing that and no so it wasn't nobody... like a group it was a film society but uh, the movie that we watched before was a quentin tarantino movie yeah, and it was like it, the height of uh, cinephilia like uh, <laughs> it, was, it was blown away by the subtitles yeah. let's say never hitchcock. mind the shoes and the hair hitchcock and tarantino but um, I'll get to uh, deeper into this movie because uh, later on because it is quite quintessential to his style. Uh, once they asked him uh, what's this new movie about in an interview, yeah. and he goes, it's the same story as all of them. <laughs> it's about people trying there to survive no in their environment. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing that changes is where the they are in their life and what environment they're in. But mm. it's the, the same kind of set up in a way but every movie is completely different at the same time uh stylistically though he's one of those uh few directors that are left uh are have a trademark style uh like wes anderson or tarantino that you yeah you watch instantly movie. recognizable yeah. i would say yeah. and you can see people like gorgos latimos and stuff like completely uh 
being inspired by the deadpan yeah, delivery of his it, characters. I thought about a Yorgos now. Although, yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, like inspired. Yeah, it's not, not copycat. Yeah. No, 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 definitely. For one, even the themes and the way that they approach characters are completely different. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, also, like, uh, it would be a good introduction to the director, I think, for, for you, to his actual main body of work. Because Leningrad always, even though is not of a lesser quality or of uh, a much different aesthetic yeah but it's sl- slightly outer uh, like Sli- his, slighter yeah slighter, slighter yeah. i would say and uh but also to just to talk about charismatic as well because he's like Werner herzog he's a character yeah like he lives i'm it, shocked <laughs> he lives uh, he owns a bar restaurant in a tourist resort in portugal and once a year <laughs> this is like since the what? 80s or something yeah and once a year he drives from portugal to helsinki to make a movie he makes a movie a year thereabouts i think i saw that somewhere once that he that he does the drive that's and, so herzog <laughs> and in an interview they asked him it's like oh how long does it take he goes oh like uh, back in the day when the world were shit and everything it used to take me three days and nowadays it takes me five because they stop at every bar <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god uh, i like to think that like him and herzog are like secret friends you know? I, uh, he's a uh, 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 i also uh, almost changed my mind on picking this movie because they picked it before knowing that patterson was gonna be a pick yeah <laughs> and uh i thought that'd be a good counterpoint uh, Jarmusch does have a cameo in Leningrad Cowboys as yeah. a very dodgy Carl salesman in a hilarious performance. <laughs> and uh, Jarmusch's review of The Man Without a Pass is, uh, encompasses everything that is good about the movie, I believe. Jarmusch said that it's a movie that is uh, so funny that it makes you cry and so sad that it makes you laugh. And I think that oh, it is what the movie is. He is a poet. Jarmusch. Can't beat that man. And no matter if you disagree with me, th- my love for this movie will never die. <laughs> so, uh, um, without further ado, uh, are you gonna eviscerate another one of my picks? <laughs> uh, I'll try to at least. Uh, it was funny. I was thinking. Um, obviously, I thought a lot about Leningrad Cowboys because um, <laughs> everyone was just so confused. Like, I think that people thought it was kind of funny, but just kind of like they were kind of laughing at it rather than with it. And I think as well that I probably didn't get the movie as well. Like I haven't seen it since, but I think I would In probably... Fairness, it was a very poor environment to watch that yeah, movie. Yeah, it was. But I think like even... Because I think I remember like at least attempting to take it the, seriously. Um, although I think we were eating pizza and drinking at the time. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm glad that I watched this movie now. That Because I think that like what you, we kind of said though, that... Leningrad Cowboys is a bit slighter but even if I'd seen both then I'm glad that I saw this one now because I feel like I could really appreciate it so um yes I'm not gonna eviscerate it <laughs> but it's funny that you said Jarmusch because literally like I was only like 10 minutes under this and I thought oh my god this is the perfect accompaniment and then I was like they're just they have such it's not that their styles are really similar but they just have a very similar approach I think and um, I actually looked it up then because I was like, I can imagine that they are inspired by each other. Like, because they're, you know, obviously Kurzmaki came first, but at the same time, they have, they're still making movies. There's like an overlap there, I think. Well, like, I think um, they start about the same time. Uh, Kurzmaki just looks older <laughs> because of his well, style of living. I suppose. 
songs actually and like there are an awful lot of comparisons as well even just sort of like um with the well plot wise but even just like the location wise with say kind of like a mystery train and you know like there they're kind of there are so many overlaps there so this is a very good um comparison i think although i am glad that we did a later film of um of Jarmusch's maybe rather than an earlier one so they are they're still a bit different yeah. but anyways that's enough about Jarmusch um but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was really happy. I I I didn't think I was going to dislike this, but I did have that kind of memory of the sort of like the kind of whimsical nature of Leningrad Cowboys, and I was I was wondering like what was going to be underneath this, and it's funny how like this film warmed my heart, like warmed my heart the whole way through it, and it's so true that like. It, I think whimsical still completely applies, like in the way that we would, you could almost describe Patterson as whimsical, that it's like whimsical but realistic at the same time. It just has this slight little surreal tinge to the world, but at the same time, it just feels like the kind of strange things that happen in real life, you know, and like... Yeah. He just manages to create this like world populated world that feels completely real, but at the same time just slightly different from our own. But like, filled with characters that you know, despite uh, anyway, he's done a few movies like this. I think of of kind of like characters that are kind of down their luck and well, like within every, a kind of a every single movie. Okay. Like uh, the that's the exactly what I meant. Uh, he goes. Yeah. He says that <laughs> it's, it's, it's slightly it's, different. <laughs> that it's just about uh, what your environment is. In this case, it's somebody that lost his memory. Yeah. But you have uh, I hired the contract killer that is uh, about a guy that wants to kill himself but fails all the time with Jean Pierre Lode. Yeah. And so he hires uh, an assassin to kill him. Yeah. And it's just that kind of like But that uh, that's really... kinda of what I mean with it's it's like that that sounds kind of silly and then like whimsical and like, you know, a man completely losing his memory and waking up even though that they pronounce him dead yeah. is kind of whimsical, but it's like the fallout of it isn't. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like oh, this you know, what could just this is what happens to him you know, you know what i mean that it's characters that you know okay like okay like all his movies they're down on their luck let's say like all the characters not just our main character like they're all i mean like you know yeah he is encountering um homeless people and even irma as well like she's not down her luck but her life is not glamorous her life is sort of ticking along but she seems you know she seems lonely she seems a bit she seems a bit sad and uh <laughs> their relationship <laughs> oh just warmed my heart so much but never like at any point is this movie like judging them or or all or, 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 like or pitying them you know like it, it's just kind of like observing them you know like it, it it's just giving weight and like but not overwroughtness to the stories of just people that you know don't often have their stories told and it's also like a side of obviously like Finnish cinema is not massive but this is a side of Finland that you don't see as well that like it's a side of a lot of places that you don't see of like you know people who are technically homeless but you know they're they're sort of making their way they're they're trying with their know? abandoned jukeboxes yeah like, oh my god the jukebox thought they had the music as well like oh my god that's just so much of this I was like Jarmusch but like and at the same time in this slightly you know, it's 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 like very European, but also like I think he, you know, obviously he's, he's getting you know not just by the music, but he's obviously like there are American influences in there as well, and even like Letting Go Cowboys or whatever. But he has that kind of like outsider view 
kind of of um, of like American sort of influences, I suppose, kind yeah. of almost in the way that Jarmusch does sometimes. But um, basically, from the first moment that this started, I mean, the main character is yeah. The just the first moment, uh, I had forgotten how it hits you straight away that you know that in a, the melancholia in a. <laughs> Uh, He's just standing there smoking. Yeah, but the, with the music and the muted colors and the yeah. weird framing and like his face looks already the he lost his memory, but it, straight away you're like, oh, maybe there wasn't a lot to lose already because he yeah, looks miserable seen him in the beforehand. Yeah. yeah, well, that's it. It's like never kind of at any point do you think that he's gonna get his memory back and it's gonna, you know what I mean. But at the same time, like it's it's mel it's like melancholia is the right word that it's it's very tinged with this melancholia like so so you don't feel that like anything incredibly grand is going to happen to this guy but at the same time like his little victories are like yeah you know like you're rooting for this guy so hard and like you're even rooting for like the family like the guy who's like a total deadbeat and like you know he's just a you know but like, at the same time like I kind of even though his character is like, you're like, oh God, Jesus. But at the same time, like that one exchange where like his wife, not long after um, M has been staying with him for a while and he's there like drinking the bottle of beer and like, she's clearly seen him and she just comes out and just takes the cigarette off him and it's just like, you know, mm, you know, it's like this perfect little kind of just encapsulating exactly what their relationship is like. Also, they were quite old for how young their children are. But anyways, well, at least he certainly was. Anyways, the the what's that guy's character? That name? Nimanim. 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 But it's the brilliant thing that Karismaki does time and time again, and this is one of his better movies. But that's the great thing about Karismaki that is not introducing you to this movie first. It's not yeah. like that I'm doing you a disservice because everything else is going to be lesser. Is that I do say the his style remains the same and the themes remain the same, but every movie gives you different emotions and different feelings and the way that or the way that you see the world through the after watching the movie. Let's say, yeah, the, the, some of his films are very cynical. And like Lights in the Dusk that is another one. It's part of the trilogy that he made uh, with um, Kari Uman. Yeah. Uh, is a completely different kind of take to finish life. Obviously showing a different aspect of life as well. It's not that everything is about homeless people yeah. for him. But it's he has this humanism that every character in his movies could be the main character of another movie. Yeah. And Even when if they're just drifting in for yeah, the odd one scene. scene like the guy that like lives the guys, in the... The guy's in the band. Yeah, or the guy that lives in the in the dumpster <laughs> and he's complaining about the... Oh that so much i love that scene because like your man's obviously like class he lives in a freaking bin but just the fact that like you know <laughs> like em is just like strolling along you know like fucking he's like really feeling like he's getting somewhere and he like knocks on the thing and he's like hey and it's like he's made friends you know it's like you're just so thrilled for like, <laughs> like you, your man is complaining about the the garbage man strike so he can't get any food because <laughs> yeah. nobody's leaving uh, garbage out but he's like you know he's asking him a favor but he like so he makes you know he gives him a cigarette and it's like oh 
Just like these like lovely little exchanges. We spoke about uh, in the case of Lathimos what the deadpan delivery de- does for his movies. What do you think yeah. is the the effect of the deadpan delivery in this uh, film in particular? Because Charismatic is famous for telling actor actors to say it without any emotion. Yeah. And for like for Leningrad Cowboys, he even made the actors learn the lines in English phonetically without knowing what words they were saying. Yeah. So he goes that far to like capture that capture the the that style of performance. Yeah. What do you think the the it brings to the movie, if anything? Um I think <laughs> there's some absolutely brilliant lines in this. Like and I think that what I like about the deadpan is that it's deadpan, but it's also like not even in that way that it's not even remotely lingered on. Like these things are just said. And it's almost like in a lot of exchanges, there's like loads of them. Like they're just coming at you and you're there and you barely have time to kind of be like process them. It's like this weird mix of like, you know, at certain points, some of them are let lie. And then other times it's just like a conversation that just keeps on going. It's like, cause I'm, whenever he's talking to, um, uh, the uh, the security guard guy. <laughs> he's like, you know, he, he says something about him being fat, and he's just like, "Don't bring my metabolism into this," and it just goes on. It's like so good. It's like, oh, I think that maybe um, like Lanthimos is is it's a bit it's darker and definitely more cynical and also like colder somehow. I think there's a real warmth to the deadpan like nature of this because. I think of the way, even though they're like delivering it with no emotion, like there is such warmth coming from the characters anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, even say in like the lobster where you feel warmth towards um, uh, Colin Farrell's character because he's our hero and he's a bit pathetic and you know, but like Lanthimos has a real, he's judging the world very heavily and very clearly in all his movies. Even if he's not necessarily judging all his characters, it feels very like just cynical and sarcastic and it feels more sarcastic than, than deadpan, I would say. Whereas this feels a bit more that this humor, even though they're not laughing at it themselves is like, I don't know their way of like getting through life. It's like another way of kind of like joking about it. Not even you know what I mean. And like I th- I find it it kind of adds to the sort of slightly surreal nature as well that they don't react, but that it's just it just adds to it because it's just so stony faced. Like, but not even stony faced, just nothing. And you're just like, oh, this is so great. And it's just, it's just like another thing for the, like for them to kind of get through their day and like to you know like get on to the next thing they're gonna say. You know what I mean? But not not in a like odd rehearsed actor way. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they're acting. You know what I mean? It's 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 just. Very good performances and also obviously like masterful direction because yeah. like this guy's just getting fucking just gold from everybody. Oh, yeah, there's like, not one weak link oh in God, the, the like, cast. And it's a very big cast as well for yeah, a movie at such low it. budget. Yeah. Like even the when they, he goes to the restaurant and uses his yeah. used tea bag after getting the oh, the, the, the hot water. She, you can look, you can see her because she like, he, it's funny because you totally understand why people feel sorry for him because they, you can see it in his face that like, he's not just like, uh, he just has a kind of a like, uh, you know, that like, 
he doesn't feel there's there's not one element of this man that seems that he's a huckster. <clears throat> so, and uh, but at the same time, like he doesn't he's not like necessarily pitying himself. You know what I mean? He's just kind of like it's the beauty of uh, <laughs> of this film in particular because it, it is one of the the harshest on its characters for charismatic. But yeah. what he does time and time again is that no matter how <laughs> bad the character's life is, yeah. There's kindness somewhere, kind of. It's not only that there's kindness, it's that they don't realize how bad it is. Like, not in an emotional level. They just go about trying to improve their lives, but they're not emotionally affected by their circumstance. Like, when he goes to get a job or he can't get a job because he doesn't have the papers, it it doesn't turn into this melodramatic scene of going like, oh, I need to know who I am. But not at the same time, not at the same time, like, in a... That he's just a you know robot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he. Well, like that's uh, what my take of like Kurzmaki's style is that the deadpan delivery does two things really. Mm. Is that you can take literally anything as a joke because nothing is pinpointed as a joke. Yeah. And every every time that I watch this movie, I laugh very <laughs> hardly at different so moments. <laughs> a different moment. Mm. Like moments that are not even funny because you expect humor and yeah. you're just there like when he's just cooking for the guys with the uh, when he ha- when he brings the it's the jukebox the in they're blocking and the way they're standing uh, and, and just he's just like slowly making like a potato that he just farmed or when he's talking about his potatoes, potatoes about like oh i have six potato like 10 I potatoes need four of them for, for winter. winter yeah because <laughs> your mom died in his container like uh, the guy that had the co- his container before him <laughs> didn't make it through winter <laughs> he's like i need four potatoes to survive winter i have i need three to replant and i'm eating three i can give you half a potato like the <laughs> tiniest potato ever as well and you're just there like for it, the scurvy it, it all makes sense but i'm just laughing just when it's like the shot of the vegetable like that is like nothing funny there everything becomes that everything is funny yeah um but also what it does is that he's able to tell stories like this without the film turning melodramatic. Yeah. Because he's able to build that wealth of emotion that this movie has. It's a very deep well of emotion. Yeah. But it's always behind... Like, it is literally a well that is under the surface, quite under the surface. But because we as... Uh, so what Roger Ebert used to say, the film is really empathy machine. Yeah. And this is like proof of that. And that, 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 that sounds so negative. In. That you know the like we've talked multiple times about how like it's always seen as such a bad thing when something makes you feel sad. Yeah. But I don't even know that like, I mean, I this movie like I don't know. It was it was almost like weirdly like conflicting sort of like of of like sadness, but also like pure joy and pure yeah. like and that you are so like invested in this it's guy's like life it's like a roller coaster kind of oh, thing oh god that is like it, so emotional but the the thing about it as well is that i hadn't seen it in like three years yeah and as i'm watching it i don't remember every single moment yeah it's like one of those memorable mo- it's one of those memorable movies that just stays with you that you can just sit there and yeah. like think about it because there's not a wasted scene. Yeah. Every scene is like its own little short movie almost. Yeah. Uh, it just, the movie flows like. You know how a gla- I know a glacier that. glacier or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's slow and steady, but it, it just. It doesn't feel. 
I don't know if slow is the right word, but you know how I know that that is completely true, what you just said about like it being completely memorable, is that I watched this like at the middle of last week and then didn't get round to like sort of c- c- putting my notes together until lunchtime today because I was like, right, I gotta get, I gotta, you know, like just get all my thoughts down. And like I didn't have to really, I didn't look it up. I just, sat and I was like eating my lunch and I just wrote down everything I thought and I just but all the only thing I didn't remember was the dog when you said it earlier but I still remember his name like I I just it's like so funny because like you know me like my memory is so bad but like everything every scene has like has a little emotion or a little moment of like oh so it's like you know just like oh god I just really like this movie (laughs) the moment that always gets me and I start crying actually physically crying and this is the first movie of the podcast so far that I've cried watching for preparing is when they're driving in the car and he says that he's happy yeah and like in his deadpan way but you see his eyes that even though he doesn't remember his life this is a new emotion for him yeah and it just like hits me because it's like I don't know, like, but it's like happy and sad crime because it's like, obviously he's a flawed character for whatever. You don't know who he is yet in this movie. Yeah. But for the fact that nobody has come looking for him, you figure yeah. that he's... Uh, and even from like the beginning where he's he's clearly kind of going all, you know what I mean? He's clearly alone at the start. Yeah. So you know that something bad has happened to him. But right? straight away you start laughing at the most darkest shit. Like when the, <laughs> when the, he's getting beaten up and your man turns up on the radio. There's this weird like, little folk like, music this, this is like This is like a Clockwork Orange or something. But like, you know, funny. <laughs> it was like, it's so strange. And then, and like, then like, he goes to the train goes, station. <laughs> and your man literally like pauses to like take a drag of a cigarette and then take out the walkie-talkie. And he's like... Yeah, I'm in the bathroom. There's a guy here. He's not breathing. <laughs> so it's like, takes <laughs> another drag. <laughs> and the joke that I remembered oh. for the like I remember it, and it was like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. I usually don't laugh at jokes that I remember yeah. as a heart. And I knew it was coming, but I still laughed my ass off when I got that the bank that your mom robs was sold to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I thought, God, I love the whole bank thing. Because <laughs> your wall in the bank is so perfect as well, because you're just like, no, that's, you know, because it's like, oh yeah, the security, oh yeah, the security camera doesn't work. <laughs> like, after your man shoots it, like after like two minutes of, oh yeah, I forgot to shoot the camera. And then they're in the vault, and he's like, I'm sorry, I gotta put you in the vault. And they're just, he's just like, he's like, oh, you know, well, after you push the alarm, no, we turned off the alarm. Well, I guess we're dying in here then. And she's like, mm. yeah, we're and running out of boxes. And then just like, <laughs> oh, do you mind if I have a cigarette? And just stands up and like, oh, there you go, we're fine. <laughs> So like, oh god it's so funny and the police as well it, it's almost like it is a very social commentary about how the system actually uh is working against the people that need it most yeah. i suppose yeah yeah like well, i think as well that i suppose like the guy in the sort of like social welfare or social services office is kind of a villain but even like the cops that keep him and like the security guard they're not r- really villains because yeah. you know what I mean? Like the lawyer comes in and your mom's just like, 
you know, and they have their little, like, you know, law off. <laughs> it's like, you know, and he gets completely undermined by, like, like this. Like, it's like a rap this. <laughs> well, you forgot about Section 5C, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, or even, like, the security guard, he's, like, completely undermined by his own dog. Like, it's just... Oh, yeah, animal. his vicious dog. <laughs> the dog is just, like... The dog is... Even the dog is the perfect charismatic character. Like, the dog's just, like... <laughs> oh, and then whenever he leaves then the dog just follows him like hey <laughs> and he sleeps with the dog it's like oh, friends well he's like oh get out of the sofa <laughs> I, I know he just keeps moving the dog all the way around and they're like and he's like oh would you like to sit on the sofa and it's like it's just so like duh and then like he just puts on the music and they just kind of sit and she's just like you know and like oh my god I, when I nearly cried is whenever like you know he's your man he's like put down all his money just to take the car so he can have this date with her and uh or no I think that was after but like their first date wasn't it yeah and uh so she's like she's before she goes to his house and she's just putting on makeup and she's clearly got the makeup and she just puts it on and it's like oh, like, oh my god I'm just so many feelings or when she says that it's inappropriate <laughs> for them to be in the same place together yeah. because his ex well like at the time you don't know you just hear yeah. that his, but uh, then when he comes wife. back she's like oh you know and her new husband is the funniest character ever oh my god should 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 we fight and he's just like i don't think so um, he's just like Right, right. Uh, we have to come outside to have a chat. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I love that when he turns up as well. He's just like, hey, like, what, what's his name? Oh, Oleg remember. or something. I don't know. He's just like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> Scandi humor there. He's just like, well, that's quite a Russian name, I think so. But uh, he's just like, hey, I'm Oleg. And he just gets up and follows him. It's just like, gotta go have our manly chat outside now. But everything is treated the same by Karismaki. <laughs> yeah. It's like you get beaten up and you make soup. It's shot exactly the same way. And it just makes everything uh, better. Because and even the- like, like, you know, oh, God, like the scene whenever like the very, very end, whenever he walks off and like the train just goes past. And it's just, it's like random and and you know feels unconstructed but at the same time is like just perfectly timed it's literally a curtain call yeah it's literally a curtain falling on the movie it's like oh there you go they're gonna live together happy forever in his container but like every little there's so many side plots in this movie and all of them are great like the band the the, the, i love the he goes to he's like he's like oh you know i set up this gig for them and he's like oh i might become a band manager and they get there and it's like this perfect scene where they're like you know the band is great and all the people are around and there's fires and they've had food and they've got drinks and they're having a lovely time and then the security guard is just like hey <laughs> ticket <laughs> it's like so good yeah uh, what well, uh, what's your favorite character in the movie uh, like of the side characters let's say I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's like because none of them. Sophie's choice. Over yeah, here. they all kind of like they all have. Because I was like, I do really like Irma's boss. Like, and obviously she has a little bit more of a character than say like the girl that Irma lives with or whatever. But like, I, no, I I think maybe the security guard. I don't know. I kind of love him because he's like he's just sort of himself. You know, it's like he's the main character in uh in the new the the new movie. Like uh, he plays the like a restaurant owner of yeah. Apparently. yeah. I really want to see that now. Like, really want to see it. 
Because I, cause I remember when we watched the trailer ages ago yeah. and I was like, yeah, that looks hilarious. And, uh, but like, it's funny because it's, after thinking of having seen this and thinking about like, you know, that that trailer, obviously I haven't seen the film, but like, I can totally understand how like, he just keeps this through line of tone and humor. And, but at the same time, I don't feel that like, I would be bored in that movie. You know what I mean? That it's like, he just has this way of capturing and like creating a world but also like feeling that he's capturing the world if you know what I yeah, mean like in, yeah in, like and using humor which is the hardest thing to do in a movie it's such a delicate balance like I was thinking about that earlier and I was like Jesus like because when you're watching it doesn't feel like you know oh this is so ambitious and so bold and you know but when you think about it and you think about how you would describe the tone of this like it's like super difficult like he's done it time and time yeah. and time again that's pretty impressive. like the only movie i didn't like really is the sequel to leningrad cowboys that yeah. is called leningrad cowboys meet moses <laughs> the like the plot is because it goes a little <laughs> bit over the top because they yeah. steal the nose of the statue of liberty <laughs> and by take accident it probably <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Uh, like the the cover is like a guy with a with a electric drill drilling into the nose of the Statue of Liberty. It's just so farcical. I think he had too much of the vodka or something. Oh, yes, the vodka. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love the the moment as well. He's like, oh, I don't drink that much. When he Nimanum uh, takes him to drink beer, and it's like, oh, we can have two beers, and my wife won't notice, and then he comes back. And he's like. <laughs> Absolutely tattered. It's like, I enjoyed those eight beers. <laughs> <laughs> and even him, it's like, you can clearly see that he loves his wife and yeah. his family and everything. It's just like... He's a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the way the the, the empathy that Curse Mahia has for his characters. Yeah. That, like, it's like they... It's not... You were. Uh, it was great your point of saying that he doesn't judge them or make fun of them or anything yeah, or look or, down or, on them or even like sentimentalize them or or you know patronize them or you know he just it's just observing them you know and like this you know like odd offhand but also incredibly engaged way you know it's like oh it's just so impressive like i think it's very revealing what he said about uh why make the the new movie and uh and this one is about the the refugee crisis the the new yeah. one and when asked about it in the in can uh he said that is one day that person is the refugee and tomorrow it can be you or her mm. or somebody else and it's just that like everything in his movies they is are, yeah that. it's like they're these are just people they're no you are just you, no you are better just a person. or lesser than anybody yeah. else even like, though if they're living in there's a compassion i think that, yeah compassion is a good word i, uh, I love the bank robber he's my favorite the fact that he robbed the bank to pay the worker and then like gets your man and like goes and finds him and gets him to like give them the money back and i love that as well that they're just like oh yeah, yeah that is just like <clears throat> oh i got oh, paid yeah. cool <laughs> and it's so sad when he meets his wife that it's like oh well, were we happy and he's like and you think that he's gonna remember but he doesn't yeah and she's like, oh, but no, it's we not, weren't happy. It's, it's, it, it, and she's, but I like it, but because like how like sad, but at the same time, kind of like nice that whole thing is because she's like, oh, the, the, 
papers came in. I'm sorry, I didn't know where you were. And, you know, you, I thought that, you know, like that she's, she feels genuinely bad that he didn't know or like that, this, you know, it's, it's just like this, that they clearly didn't work together and he obviously had his problems, but it wasn't, you know, like this horrifying past. It was just kind of sad and it was good that it was ended and this new guy seems great for her and now he can go back to, you know, but it's not that like, it's just got that sort of like tinge of sadness, but no, you know, but it's not like, oh, no, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, yeah. And even like when he goes back and, you know, like to what is kind of like his new life now and, you know, just feels kind of. Like um, Kathy Utnan's right. face <clears throat> says so much without revealing anything, really. <sighs> I absolutely love her. I only seen yeah. her in charismatic movies. Yeah, she looks really familiar to me and though. I, I, well, like there's a lot of Nordic drama at the moment, so I reckon that she's somewhere. Yeah, maybe. But um, I didn't uh, do research. I, I, but you've seen a lot more Nordic drama than I have, like the killing and stuff. Yeah, well, that's Danish <clears throat> though, but. Yeah, but, but like again, they all speak about the same language. They yeah, are understanding. Well, there is there is a kind of a crossover as well, yeah. actor wise, between Finland and Denmark so. and Sweden and yeah. everywhere. So, um, but like she's great in Drifting Clouds as well. But every time you put a ca- like the camera to her face, like yeah. it, there's just so much there, but so little. In her little Salvation Army hat. <laughs> Oh, like the, and the, everything all oh, the clothes it, oh my it God. looks like you're watching a period piece that's and what then I was a, thinking a normal car that's shows what I up. was thinking actually is that like it has this weird like timelessness element of it, that it you know it's obviously quite 80s but not at the same time you know that it's got this it's got the jukebox but then there's kind of like slightly more modern cars because obviously it's like 2003 or whatever or sorry 2002 but um, and then, and then he's driving like a Landa like a uh, yeah <laughs> um, yeah like it's it's just it's this weird timelessness element of it and even like the way that it's shot and like this is obviously shot in film and stuff but um, what do you think of the visual style actually uh, because uh uh, Leningrad Cowboys is uh, more expansive in a way, and I'd recommend watching it again. Uh, yeah, in, uh, I think I in will a, now. Yeah, in a more subtle view because there's a lot that it says about America. Yeah, in a way From that, that it, outsider view. like it has a great depth to it that is not initially perceived. Perce- it's not as easy to realize because it's a lot more outlandish than this movie. Yeah, so. The depth is there, but it's harder to see because as well the style, like when you go a little bit, over, the balance is not as good as this. Yeah. But I would recommend watching all of his movies actually. Oh, I want to. No, like, definitely, uh, yeah. He's more, quite possibly the most consistent director mm. working out this. And, but also like one of the <clears throat> most interesting and enjoyable to watch. Every time that I sit down to watch an Aki Kurosaki movie, I always feel good and it's always like there's surprises everywhere and yeah. you think that you haven't <laughs> seen it because like just the way that he does things it's like that he finds humor on everything there's yeah. like one of the funniest things I've ever seen in movies <laughs> is a guy I, I won't tell you which movie so if you watch it you'll be surprised <laughs> but there is a guy just finishing an argument with somebody in a convertible car yeah. and press it like an 80s convertible you know like with a soft top and just pressing the button for the roof to close down. So, like, to put the button on the conversation. Yeah. And it's just, like, 
<laughs> it holds for like the three or four minutes that, <laughs> like the the, the the fabric is moving with the electrical motor going <laughs> and it's just them staring at each other for three minutes not doing anything and yeah you're like you stop laughing and then you're like it just keeps going <laughs> then you start laughing again oh god it's just i feel as well that like being able to keep this tone so consistent like it's a real marriage of everything between like the framing how long he holds certain shots yeah and then doesn't hold others because yeah. this is not just that it's all you know like one takes or whatever there's kind of a mix of things going on here but like um even just like the use of the soundtrack as well because like the whole kind of like mo- it's almost montagey at the start from when like he just keeps kind of getting these sort of roadblocks of like usually unconsciousness <clears throat> from like the first time and then the second time when they find him and then finally he kind of sort of finds his way then but it's like for some reason it i don't know why i think it was like the setting and the music and like the fact that this guy kind of felt sort of like a weird invincible superhero there was something strangely james bond about it like i know that's really weird and i'm not just saying this because me and i didn't start watching casino royale yesterday well he kind of looks um, a bit like roger moore <laughs> Oh, he's such a great face, actually. Gotta get to that later about oh, everybody in this is a great face. But, um, yeah, it's but not in like a kind of a like silly way, just in, it just made me kind of think of it. But, like, it is just a really and even like, um, he said about like, um, her Salvation Army hat and everything. And, like, I think clothes are and obviously like clothes have a sort of a part in this and how, like, you know, of like being respectable and trying, you know, trying to like bring it, get his way. Oh. My 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 neighbor has a washing machine yeah. and it just cuts and it's like one yeah. of those old school like nineteenth century kind of roller thing. Oh god. Yeah, just <laughs> But like it's just it's every like everything that he wears seems so perfect like and even everything that everybody else wears seems so perfect. Like the way For their characters, yeah. Yeah, like that and even like of like the way that the guy uh, her his ex wife's new husband. Now he seems smarter, but he still has that same sort of like muted kind of. You know what I mean? Then like their house is nice, but it's not like a a mu- you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's not like this kind of weird polar opposite. And as well that like their house is quite empty, and you know it seems like a very quiet neighborhood, sort of in comparison to his like cute little community of like you know transients <laughs> living in their containers. You know, behind but, um, the train the yard. Yeah. <laughs> on the beach <laughs> yeah like I can never look at shipping containers now though without thinking of like grand designs but anyway um, oh yeah the one in Northern Ireland I remember yeah, that episode we drove to see that it was so cool it's like uh, even cooler in real life because sometimes I think that maybe grand designs is kind of a lie like you know, even more than television. Well, obviously, like there, there must be but, like windbreakers to make sure that the last three pieces of hair in Kevin McLeod's hair <laughs> fly away. Whoa, whoa! You leave Kevin McLeod alone. There will be no Kevin McLeod bashing. That man is I very know. handsome. I, I re- like. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the greatest presenters. <laughs> but like, like, where like, did they find him? His hair looks like Andy's from Twin Peaks. <laughs> like it has a little tuft there. It just goes up. Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, well done. Um, Sorry. 
uh, going back to this movie, uh, the I particularly <laughs> like uh, the way the charismatically lights movies. Yeah. The, the, the way that it's like a spotlight, but a soft spotlight. Yeah. The, soft just, is the way. I, even like the exteriors, I think, are like oddly soft. Yeah, but it like when they're like, in interiors, it's like a spotlight. You can see yeah. where, like, uh, how very uh, clear in these small little spaces as well. Of, like, yeah, and these... it becomes darker in the edges. It's kind of like a natural way of uh, making those w- weird uh, uh, gradient. You... No gradient. You know how like back in the day when film editing, uh, like when digital, that everybody would like dim the edges of the frame to make it oh, cinematic. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a natural one because it, yeah. it's just like a really bright colors like, at the yeah, center like, it and it is, goes into it's darkness. It's not like it's, 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 it's sort of like a, it's just, it's sourcey, but it's, you know what I mean? Like where it's very directional, but it's not, it's not harsh. Yeah. And you can see it as like even, like I think that like, oh, I love the lighting in his little place. Yeah. Like it makes, it's just that it's not like lying that this is clearly still a shit hole, but like so much of the light is coming from like this <laughs> the jukebox but that it's, it's that you can see the ways that he's trying to make it cozy and when he um, goes to put the mu- the song on it this is my favorite song or whatever he just puts it on and how they fix there are just fine the, things just happen and yeah. it's brilliant <clears throat> and um yeah, like in the user music that you brought up, that's yeah. something that is. Like, that's the weird thing. I, I know that I'm talking about like Kurzmaki as a whole, but when you watch all his movies, like they, you become that. I do get that, that of what you're saying, even though I haven't seen many of his films, but that it's just you love them all the same and you want to talk about all of them. Yeah. Like it's, but even that, like it is, it is so much of like one work. You know what I yeah. mean? Like one real solid career of work because they are that, you know, he's just perfect. He, I don't know. He just seems to have like just had this, this is his vision. Yeah. And you know what I mean? That he would just sort of like, I haven't seen like, you know, his early, early movies or whatever, but like he seems to have just sort of He has had a couple it. of movies in black and white, which are pretty cool. Like charismatic in black and white is like quite stark and funny as well. Yeah. Just like what it reminded me of. And he always gets uh, kind of uh, put in between uh, a silent comedians. He's like a mi- mixture of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. That is the, mel- the, mis- <clears throat> the melancholia of Buster Keaton. But with the deadbeatness of Chaplin, yeah. So it's that way of like looking at the uh, the the bottom here, the tramp, let's yeah. say. But with all this weird f- physical humor that is literally people standing in rooms, it's not just, moving. It's so finished, like <clears throat> that's a, but like, but not uh, not in a kind of a alienating way you know what i mean that it feels universal and what people say complain about like saying about universal the um that sounds awful but but it's true like it's because it's the same story everybody is doing what these characters are doing it's just that your environment changes like true life is just that you're surviving your environment and you try your best to move forward and that's it Mm. and um but um, when the movie came out, somebody, um, I think it was Ebert, said that uh, Kurosaki is a uh, acquired taste, but a taste hard to acquire because they they don't get released 
<laughs> worldwide you see yeah. so like now with like the advent of uh, uh, streaming platforms like uh, the the criterion collection is yeah. online and also just like being able to get a dvd online like yeah. imported and stuff that it created like a much bigger audience for him that like he's been quietly making these movies for like about yeah, 30 years but it's nice that it happened for him when he's still making movies yeah you know that this didn't you know that he wasn't say a decade older maybe and could you know what i mean that that he's able to kind of see not that i don't think he's just like out there making movies for mass audiences but if there's something nice about kind of having a career as long as his and sort of seeing new generations of like young like cinema goers and filmmakers or whatever discovering movies well, like, going, and find having new ways to discover them going back to your oh I don't think that he makes movies for mass audiences when being asked <laughs> about the new movie he goes like oh don't think that uh, this movie will change the mind of the three people that are going to see <laughs> it <laughs> And, uh, but th- this movie was nominated for best foreign picture like th- in the oscars yeah well, i wish he'd won and uh, it, it, it lost to a okay movie like it's good like for uh, a foreign movie is disappointing because it's so hollywood uh, a film called nowhere in africa that is about like a jewish family that escaped the third right to live in africa oh, as like God, workers. that's the most oscar Beatty movie yeah. ever and it's well executed but it, it is literally like you, you could have put Meryl Streep in that movie you know yeah, you would have gone yeah, like yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, that, that's Hollywood but <laughs> this is like just well like I suppose it's not a unique because uh, it's mo- like most covers Marky but at the same time it is unique because it's only his and yeah I'm so glad that you liked it oh. it's, it's, <laughs> I uh, really did like <laughs> it is just the kind of movie that like you know it was just nice as well like after having watched Patterson and like I I like like this more than Patterson like oh yeah and, like Car- and I mean like I like Harris Mike more than Jarmusch I think that is that's un- how yeah well, I think that like if if his work is as consistent as you say it is that yeah because I, th- I don't think Jarmusch is as well realized as often as yeah. this is you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that he's made a movie that is as perfect as this is for yeah. what it is. You know, because it is like I can't, I can't think of a way to make this better. <laughs> like, I know, um, like uh, it is, like quite flawless. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it's like there's no moment that you're sitting there going, "I wish something was different." It's like yeah. beat by beat by beat. It just and you're keeps just like, coming. <laughs> it, like it reels you in. It really does. Like the way yeah. uh, it's like so hard it's like people go like oh world building in sci-fi it's like this is world building yeah. but it's like the most it's decrepit just, world it's just, but there's such a community that's the thing and like really like just capturing sort of human interaction and and the warmth that you can get from the company of other people you yeah. know when these are all you know everyone's just like existing you know like it's just i, I feel that Sort of, I can imagine people listening to this and who haven't seen this or maybe haven't seen any of his movies and they're just kind of being like, I don't even know, that sounds like such a little wag. But I, I swear to God, even if you don't like subtitles, watch this movie and I like challenge you not to either, at least have your like warm, fuzzy feelings because no, I had many of it's them. It's also like, a, it's a hilarious movie oh, that God, it's so funny. It just. But it sneaks in on you. Like, you yeah. don't go, like, oh, th- it's not fucking Notting Hill or something. It's not trying to, uh, like, we were talking about eliciting emotions last time. Mm. It's that as a filmmaker, 
uh, like as a stylist, he doesn't try to elicit emotion. Yeah. Well, like he does, but he doesn't at the same time because he does that by the writing and the creation of character and letting his actors be well great like uh, and amazing they it just becomes that it's like the story just flows the way that it should yeah then no point there's no false notes in this movie yeah and like it's not that he's not trying to listen to emotion because the easiest way to do that in filmmaking is by using music and like he music and Gary's Mackie is like mash and gravy like they just <laughs> go together and it's amazing <laughs> so um what was your favorite thing about the movie probably well successful pick probably I that of... I'm, i mean like so many things i mean like the mood the characters the relationships the little moments all those things but also the fact that like now i know that i have all these other movies of his to watch and i love it's like when you find what's great about finding a new filmmaker like this that has such a body of work it's like when you find a tv show that's got like three seasons and you watch like two episodes and you're like i love this you know and you're like oh my god i have all this deliciousness you know or like (laughs) like just that feeling of like you know yay (laughs) like i all this like you know you know that like probably you're gonna at least really like this and it's like stretching out in front of you I just it's like, like uh, you know, the end of the like there's a few movies of his that i haven't <laughs> seen by the end of the like 2017 you're like have you seen this movie no fuck you yeah. who's a fan now <laughs> remember when i'm I, a marathon fan as well so I, I would love to sit down and watch like a double bow well, uh, <clears> like <throat> there the uh, helsinki trilogy that is drifting clouds uh, drifting clouds this and light in the dusk yeah uh, light in the dusk is uh, the first one that i watched uh with uh our friend dean Kavna. <laughs> i was gonna say actually i was like where did you find uh Karazaki? i was like and, and we were uh, drinking Jemson and Jemson. and he just puts it on and it starts with a Carlos Gardel mo- song. Yeah, it starts like a montage with Argentinian tango and it's a South American. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is an Argentinian movie. He's like, no, it's finished. And there's like no reason for the the, the song to be there. Yeah, I think that is the perfect introduction to him, where you're just like. I mean, maybe not when you're like, I mean, well, I was probably like 17 whenever we watched like Land and Ground Cowboys and I don't think I was completely sober. But at the same time, I still appreciated it and I never forgot that movie. So it's like... Oh yeah, like uh, if there's one thing is that you can't like forget no, his movies. No, Um What was your favorite thing? Well, like it's... Kurzweil's humanism. It, it just makes me feel not only good about myself, but good about like humankind in a way yeah and in the in the current political climate that we live in it's kind of necessary sometimes to remind yourself that it's not all shit (laughs) it's not all doom and gloom like there's a place Mm. to watch clockwork orange like since you made the beginning like the the reference how similar the beginning is That there's there's a time and place to watch that movie and there's a time and place to watch Man Without a Past yeah. and the time and place to watch Man Without a Past is any time <laughs> like there's the no time to watch time. Clockwork Orange is like 2008 when everything was fine and um, um, 
And uh, like I, I've always been tempted. Like I was <laughs> just say 2008, the the year the recession hit us. I'm sorry, no time has ever been good. Uh, to I was watch the, Clark I was tempted to uh, pitch a Kurzmaki like a movie when I, we were in college <laughs> uh, called The Man Without a Pass that he couldn't get into the bus because he didn't have a bus pass. And, uh, uh, if you just deliver that pitch stony face, I think Richard Fitzsimmons possible friend of the pod um <laughs> would have laughed that shit up oh yeah like I, I went full kind of like you know when you're like in film college and you just start <laughs> imitating somebody i remember do, doing the uh trying to do a movie called john quixote that was like just like a don quixote adaptation in a charismatic style in college and so young and I'm, I inserted him in a, in a short story as well about like people dying of exposure in in the middle of nowhere in Finland. Like uh, I was obsessed with him for a couple of years. Still <laughs> thanks, am. But thanks, it's, Dean. Thanks, Dean. But yeah, uh, what's your least favorite thing? Um, tough. This film weirdly made me kind of hungry when I was watching it. <laughs> That is the because <laughs> yeah, there's like an awful lot of talking about soup and, and making potatoes and I don't know for some reason I wasn't hungry when I watched it. But, oh, don't, but like uh, that fucking <laughs> those steaks! Oh my god! Oh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of I salt he puts in, I, I was like, she's, she's like, do you want a hand? He's like, I've already ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> but they still, you know, and then it just cuts to like the steaks untouched. <laughs> like, they're, but he went and bought meat. It's they're like, they're not only blackened to like <laughs> they they look like they, they they were used to light the barbecue. Never mind. <laughs> but also the amount of like I'm a salty person. Like <laughs> in any day, but like he puts half a packet of salt into the yeah. fucking things. Yeah. I was like, would you like some Seriously. stay with that salt there? Anyone who's ever seen Ricardo eat Chinese food and put salt on it yeah he's that person well at least we know that i'm not a slug in hiding <laughs> <laughs> that's always my fear with my friends <laughs> oh any any closing well uh, my least favorite thing oh sorry ricardo uh, what was your least favorite thing uh, i don't know uh, possibly that i hadn't watched this movie in three years it's like uh it's <laughs> that kind of thing but that's the thing like I was so hard pressed to pick which one to pick as well because you know like when it's something as precious to me as charismatic it's just like ooh this one is a bit like this way and that one is a little bit imagine I'd hated it oh like I would have lost all respect for you literally like because like there's some people that are not open to something different yeah and uh Especially like the style of dialogue and stuff. That if you're not, yeah. like if you just watch like Transformers, you're just gonna like be weirded out by this movie, and not get the humor, not not give it a a, a break to let it uh, do its thing Sinking on you. Bit. Yeah, yeah. But like considering as well that you like like Latimer's so like oh, the style, and it, yeah, and also that you like. You like to happen one night. That is like the, yeah. it's like a combination of Capra and La- like kind that of, we've yeah. done kind of thing. You know that is. <laughs> yeah, this is a very good pick. Yeah, well done. It's uh, it was one <clears throat> of the ones that I was saving. Now I had to regroup 
Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was uh, a man or eh, the man without a past uh, from 2002. Go watch it right now. And um, look at the posters. Delhi is so beautiful. His uh, po- <laughs> the posters of his films oh, are so like they're I, all the same, but I amazing. want I want a print of that. Like to be honest. Um, uh, so uh, next week is a very, 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 very special episode because we are being joined by someone who has been on the podcast in spirit. A silent partner, yes, you could say. Because she is often in the next room trying to make pasta quietly while you record. So uh, <laughs> who's our guest for next week, Ricardo? The one, the only, the wonderful Eileen Gill. Woo! And the movie is? Uh, everybody wants some Woo! which is uh, we'll explain it is a little yeah. bit of a change of pace to our usual uh, affair but as birthday picks goes because it's also her birthday yeah. happy special, birthday special. future Eileen <laughs> uh, that uh, she doesn't she does have a past uh, that like <laughs> Terrible. She has a past. <laughs> Not in that way. It's just because this movie is about him without a past. Uh, well, you can find us on Facebook at The Recommendation Game or on Twitter at The Rec Game or you can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. You can also find us on Dublin Digital Radio's Mixcloud and on Dublin Digital Radio at 11 to 12 a.m. on Monday mornings. Woo! <laughs> I was Orla McNeilis. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week.